On a personal note, I've never been more insulted than I was by Canada Soccer's own president, Nick Bontis, last year as we met with him to discuss our concerns. I was tasked with outlining our compensation ask on behalf of the women's national team. The president of Canada Soccer listened to what I had to say and then later in the meeting referred back to it as, quote, what was it Christine was bitching about? To me, this spoke volumes about the lack of respect Canada Soccer has for its women's national team. As a team, we do not trust Canada Soccer to be open and honest as we continue to negotiate for not only fair and equitable compensation and treatment, but for the future of our program. That is probably one of Canada's greatest athletes of all time, Christine Sinclair, leader of the women's program. And speaking from the heart, but also speaking directly like nobody else in that program could. I'm Rob Faye in for Kelly Cotrera. Welcome back to the show. And uh, good news seems to be on the horizon. The women's soccer program dug their cleats into the turf, and now we're starting to see some progress. The president, Nick Bontis, has you know, obviously moved on, and Charmaine Crooks has taken that road in an interim basis to try and help facilitate a new deal. To speak about this, Moshe Lander, sports economist and senior lecturer in economics at Concordia University, kind enough to join us here. Moshe, good afternoon. Hi, Rob. Well, I, I would like to say that this is good news because we're hearing reports that they're getting close, but it was a long, unnecessary road to get here. So before we talk about what this proposed deal could mean to Canada Soccer and their women's program, let's just talk about the stubbed toes here from Canada Soccer. Why did they put themselves in this pickle to begin with? You know, I think it's because, in general, the men's sports in most countries move ahead of women's sports uh, in terms of their advancement, in terms of their organizational structure. And so it's partly a remnant of just society in general that, you know, men get moved to the front of the line and women are at the back of the line. And so when a lot of these agreements are put in place, you, you know, you tend to find that there's almost like a copy and paste element that, well, whatever we did for the men, we'll just copy and paste it into the women's uh, equivalent sport. And we'll just go with that. And so there's very little thought given to the particular dynamics that exist within men's sports versus women's sports. And so what you end up finding is that at some point, these uh, copy and paste exercises don't make a lot of sense. And at that point, you have this almost institutional inertia that, well, that's the way that we've done it. Uh, and then you end up with a fight on your hand of, well, just because we've done it that way doesn't mean it's the right way. You know, one of the things that I thought, you know, in advance of this interview was just thinking, boy, if there was one program of the major national ones in this country where the women have propped up the men, it has been soccer because as the men have scuffled and tried to find their way before finally advancing to the World Cup this year. I mean, you look at the track record of the national women's program after the last 10, 15 years. Um, it really is the dominant force in this country when it comes to soccer. Yeah. And, you know, the only equivalent, I guess, would be, say, women's hockey. But like you said, you know, the, the men's hockey is probably equally as dominant, uh, especially at the junior level, uh, mm -hmm. as the women's. So you're right. It is something that a lot more resources should have been, uh, you know, applied in women's game uh, as opposed to the men's game based on historical success and based on popularity, too. So it's not just a success issue. It's, you know, up until recently. Uh, the women had much more of the Canadian imagination than the men's team did. So even from that standpoint, it would make logistical sense uh, for forward-facing uh, to put the resources into the women's game. It, it's just, you're right, it's shocking that it, it's always laggard behind, uh, yet it still succeeded almost in spite of attempts to, to starve it of resources. 
How much impact do you think it was when Christine Sinclair came forward? They're getting ready for that um, that cup down in Orlando against the United States. They wore their shirts inside out. She stepped to the podium and said, obviously, the clip that you heard just coming into the segment. Um, how much of that do you think was a catalyst to getting to where we're about to go in the next couple of days? I certainly don't think it hurt. Um I, you know, I think that this has been building for a while, right? We saw even that the the men were a, a little upset with uh, everything that's going on within Canada soccer uh, before the World Cup uh, last summer. So, uh, it, it, look, it, it can't help when the star of the women's team and probably one of the most recognizable faces in women's soccer history in this country uh, makes those comments uh, and rightly uh, is is indignant about the way that she's being treated uh, and the way that the team is being treated. Uh, once you put that spotlight, uh, it's really difficult in 21st century cancel culture uh, for Canada soccer to try and defend its its behavior. Uh, it always helps then when when you can put spotlight into those dark corners. Uh, I'm not sure how much people know about this, and I'm still learning about it myself. But, you know, we obviously see Bontis step away from this. And then all of a sudden, five-time Olympian Charmaine Crooks comes into the picture as the, quote, interim president. Now, she's she's got some legs with Canada soccer. It's not like she just, you know, came out of left field here. But this is a woman. This is a person that understands the fight of a woman. I would like to think that this was more than optics. I, I know what she did with Van Ock and I know what she's done in her career. Do you think that this was the right move for Canada soccer to put somebody like Charmaine Crooks at the forefront to try and become this galvanizing figure as they try to work towards a deal? So yes and no. I agree with you. Galvanizing figure. It's somebody that does have a history. It's somebody that has credibility. My concern is, can she bring about change, right? Is the culture so deeply ingrained that one person can overcome that culture and push in a different direction? Or is that one person going to be swallowed by the culture? And then unfortunately, they're going to be thrown out uh, and and that's going to allow then the the status quo to continue, right? So you got to be careful when you have these transitional leaders that are brought in. That are they being set up to fail, or are they going to be given room to succeed? And so it's still a little bit early in the game, uh, pun intended, to to tell if this is going to play out well. But I, you know, I agree. Optics, it looks good. Uh, behind the scenes, it looks good. How much capacity does she have though to to knock heads of what is a very deeply ingrained culture? Uh, and get them to make essentially what's going to be a 180. And it would be almost a full 180. Men were getting paid five times what the women were. And I know that people will debate that six ways to tomorrow about, you know, um, just the scale of things. But I just think when Canada's propped up the men's program the way that the women have in this particular sport, the uh, equality is much more than just gender related.